All right, cycling fans, Chico aficionados, bike racers, this is Tyler Yonke of the Between Two Wheels podcast, joined by Kurt Mills and Chris Flower. We just finished the Pasquenta Road Race. Well, when I say just, I mean it was today. We're a little tired. Kurt, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Tyler. Okay. Chris, how are you doing? I am a wreck. See, honesty. That's what I want from you, Kurt. Why, why can't you be honest? You don't look like you're doing okay. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm also a wreck. I just I was trying to portray a positive image. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks. I'm also a wreck. Uh, today was today was tough. You know, uh, going around the room real quick, I want to ask a quick question. We're going to do some results. We don't have interviews today. Maybe we should do that. But we <laughs> shouldn't say that right up. But because um, we're a wreck. And then, but tomorrow we have big plans to go out and get some interviews and, and post in the last day show. So we're going to go over some results. We're going to talk about some things that we heard today. To, to, to be fair, though, we had big plans today as well. We had the huge, plan, the huge plans <laughs> today. They got derailed by um, fatigue. Yeah. Okay, so what I want to ask both of you guys, and this is kind of for everybody too, um, post something on, on our Facebook page, Between Two Wheels, of kind of your, your situation, but a few things. One, what did you do for clothing, and did it work out? I mean, because it was, it was cold out there, so what was your layering uh, situation, and, and did it work out for you? Chris? I went with my standard Castelli bibs. I wore a short sleeve Perfetto Castelli jersey. Is this a Castelli ad? What's, it what's might going? be. Well, let me get to the end and let you know how it worked. Oh, okay. And you decide if it's an ad. Um, over the Perfetto, I wore my just um, team jersey. It's a Castelli Podio. And then I wore my team arm warmers. Um, I think for the most part, it was a good fit. Uh, toward the end of the day, I was starting to get a little too warm, though. And I think I would have been better served with just the jersey and a base layer. I think uh, the... The Perfetto underneath was a little too much insulation for me. So the question is, uh, well, when did that happen? Because for me, I was getting a little warm too, but it was right when we were coming back into the gravel on the last time. And I was just like, you know what? For the most of the day, it, it was working out for me, whatever I did. And it was cold. So I was I was happy. I was overheating probably around mile 15. Okay. Well, you, you're... Okay. So... And no Kurt, knee warmers because they were not necessary. Okay. <laughs> Kurt, what about you? Yeah. Chris Chris runs hot. I actually wore the exact same thing as Chris did because um, he told me that's what he was going to wear at the beginning of the day. And I said, that sounds like a great idea. Um, and it was great. Honestly, it was fine for me. I run a little colder than Chris. Um, and yeah, it was fine all day, to be honest. Oh, that's good to hear. I, isn't that what you wore? Yeah, it does a, a Perfetto vest thingy. I don't know. Uh, Nate had that and I borrowed it. And with a base layer... Jersey over the top, uh, arm warmers, knee warmers. I actually put the Velotoes things on there so my feet were nice and uh, moist the whole time from sweat <laughs> inside. Right. But I never had any problems and it was it was warm on the last like time, but other than that. Uh, what about wheels and uh, tires? You know, we talked a little bit about that earlier uh, yesterday. Uh, what'd you guys run? I ran, I'll just say me real quick. I, I rode, ran about 85 PSI in mine and it was it was butter. It was It was awesome today. So the wheels at least. Yeah, I was on 202s, uh, 25 millimeter tires with um, like 95 PSI. Gotcha. I used um, 
25 mil tires and I'm not entirely sure what my tire pressure was. I pumped them up to my desired pressure yesterday. They probably lost a few pounds overnight, which was more beneficial than anything. So no issues with flats, which is great. Yeah. We all came through trying. Okay. So let's, let's get to the results here. First, uh, Chris, why don't you walk us through, I'm going to call it someone's here. Cat four, five men. So we're pulling these off of the, um, one to go event services page, livelinksresults.com. Um, it doesn't look like the, the men's four or five is loading. So we're going to have to skip by them today. Unfortunately, I'm sure everybody raced hard and, and had a great day though. Did they do one lap? Correct. 45. Okay. Uh, let's do the 35 plus three, four men. So we'll do the, uh, the top three for this field. Um, in third place, we've got Jonas Crean. Uh, looks like he's with team Swift in second place, Joel Hammond with the Chico cycling team. And the winner on the day for this field is Steven Hubrick with the uh, Don Shapin Monterey Bay Racing Team. <laughs> Let's do the next one. Uh, three, four, five women's. All right, we're loading that here real quick. Apologies. Uh, so in the women's three, four, five, in third place, we have Courtney Parman with Mike's Bikes. In second place, Jamie Erickson with the Cycle Sports Specialized Team. And the winner is Jennifer Wilson with Team Razzle Dazzle. All right. Congrats to everyone there. Uh, the Cat 3 men. Yeah. So in the Cat 3 field, we've got uh, Morgan Cole with SunPower Racing. In second place, David Ellis with History Net. I'm not too familiar with that team. And in first place, we've got Eric Sasse. Uh, no team listed here. Um, also of note, I think we covered this yesterday, a Stefan Creason who got third yesterday, got seventh today, still has no team listed next to his name. And he's our, he's our teammate on data-driven athletes, so he did well. And um, word is, he drove back to Sacramento to go to see a metal mariachi band. Yeah, so, he likes to, to live vicariously. So yeah, so kudos. he's got a full day and night. I don't know if he sleeps ever, but uh, congrats on him. Okay, um, what did we just do? This? Okay, the Masters 55-plus men. All right, so in this field, well, again, we'll do, we'll do the top three. Um, Third place was Chris Courtney, and he's with Oak Valley Community Bank. Uh, I think we've had his team on here for a, a discussion in the past. Uh, second place, Brian McAndrews with Thirsty Bear. And first place was Joe Foster, also with Thirsty Bear. And we've had Thirsty Bear on on the show as well. So yeah, kudos to them. They, they get the between two wheels bump. Yes. Right. Uh, 35 plus one, two, three. This is, this is what race we did this, uh, today. Yeah. So this was a pretty active race. Um, we'll go top five on this one. So we've got, uh, Dan Bryant in fifth place with Pete's coffee racing fourth place. Uh, Andrew Sargent from evolution racing team. He traveled down here from Oregon. So kudos to him. Third place was Jonathan Baker for touchstone racing. Uh, second place was Todd Markles from team Mike's bikes. And winner of the day is Scott Giles with Schnur Racing, and he's got a had a pretty big win with a minute plus gap to the second, third, fourth, fifth place guy. So, well done. Let's finish off the other the next two categories, but then come back and we'll talk about our race a little bit, and we can you know break some of this down. So, uh, the women P one two three. Uh, before we jump into that, I'm not sure we covered the men's two fields, so I'll do that one really quickly. Oh, right, I don't see that on the list. Um, so fifth place on that is Kyle Kirby with Swamis. Uh, fourth place is Drew Coggin with uh, Subaru Santa Monica, SoCal team. Third place is Eric Schiller from SunPower Racing. Second place, Luke Lamperti from Team Swift. And in first place is Alvin Escajeda with Endo Concept Team. Well done, guys. Did, did you can, when you look through there? Are there any time gaps? I mean, what what did it look like? Kind of played out. 
Can Let you me tell? take a look. I just closed the page. I didn't. I did not uh, take a look at these. So it looked like it was a very time. big group finish in the Cat Two field. So from yeah, top twenty four. Yeah, no time gaps until twenty fifth place, and even that was a nine second gap, which means he was probably just off the back of that group. Yeah. Okay. So women P one two three. Yeah. Let me get that loaded here. Make sure I'm not looking at the hotspot finish here. So women's P123 race, we've got, uh, we'll go top five here. Uh, Heidi Franz from Rally Cycling in fifth place. Ali Dragoo from 2020, uh, PB Show Air. In third place, we've got Hannah Mug, and she's with DNA Cycling Team. Uh, second place, Summer Moak from Rally Cycling. If I recall, she won yesterday. And in first place, Sarah Bergen, also with Rally Cycling. So, so well done there on on their part and so we're going to do the p12 men here but then maybe kurt you stayed and watched the women's race yesterday so maybe you give us a little uh highlight of that one and um anyway let's do the p12 uh the p1 men sorry yeah i um we were still racing when this race finished so i'm gonna try and infer some uh race dynamics from results here and it looks like um it was a pretty big group finish uh i think we were looking at Again, maybe 25 guys coming to the line together. Uh, so nice big field sprint there. Uh, so top five in that is Taylor Warren with the 303 Project. I think they're a Colorado-based team. Yes. Uh, fourth place, Chris Reichert with Team Mike Spikes. Uh, in third place, we've got Alex Hone from Avolo Cycling. Second place is Gavin Murray with Mark Pro Cycling. And the winner for the day was Quentin Kirby, also with Mark Pro Cycling. So well done to Mark Pro for getting 1-2 uh, in that field. And, and I, I saw Willie after the finish, and I talked to him real briefly. And I'm trying to remember, sorry if I'm getting this, some of this wrong, but it sounded like there was a breakaway off, and he did a lot of chasing on his team and, and him, he said, as well, up until I think the gravel section um, on the last lap where they caught him. And so... Um, we'll have to get more information on exactly what that. I did see on Mike's bikes. Uh, Chris Reichert posted a little video, and I I didn't I didn't get to actually <laughs> hear what he had to say, but um, he, he did a little breakdown of the race. So um, you can maybe go to there to that, and maybe we'll um, share it from our page as well, so we get a little insight as to what happened. Uh, so yeah, they had a pretty big field there, and you know I talked to Sam Boardman yesterday, and he's still in that front group. So uh, I didn't see what the GC was, but. And I see that, um, not to interject too much, but Cam Bronstein also uh, finished in that lead group uh, coming in 22nd place, same time. So they're they're doing a good job keeping their guys up in the front. Yeah, it's really impressive. Uh, You know, they had, let's see, top 27, and I'll take that back, 23 all at the same time. So pretty good size field there as well. Um, Kurt, why don't you give us a little rundown? You saw the women's race yesterday, and you, you did post a little video on our Facebook page. Um, giving them some some love, so to speak. So, why don't you give us a little breakdown of what you saw? Yeah, so that race, um, there was really one big uh, attack by a rally rider that got thirty seconds, uh, probably around thirty minutes into that race. It was a ninety-minute race. Um, she was able to hold on to that till about five to go, I would say. Um, UHC twenty twenty. Um, uh, some of the other teams were just trying to pull that back um, throughout that period. Around five to go, they were able to get it back. There were some attacks that went um, probably until about two to go, and it seemed like that field kind of conceded to the fact that it was going to be a field sprint at that point, and it ended up just like that. There was a field sprint um, coming into the last lap, and uh, Rally, I think, took first and third with a UHC rider 
uh, ending up in second. So did you, was it, you know, we had left, we raced earlier in the day. Was the, the wind more of a factor? Did you notice? Was there, was it about the same? It looked still sunny. So uh, I don't, I don't think the wind was much of a factor. There was a, there was a point where it seemed like it got a little bit colder and, and, and it, maybe there was some precipitation, but um, I don't think any of it probably played a factor in the race at all. All right. Well, congrats to everyone there. Okay. Uh, what do we have? The P1. Okay, let's talk about our master's race today. So we did 90 miles. I mean, we talk about our personal experience. I mean, otherwise, what the, what the F are we doing here, right? <laughs> talk about something. Uh, 90 miles today. Uh, it was cold this morning, like I said. So we dressed appropriately. And first lap, nothing really happened up until the gravel, right? No, that's not correct. Chris, why don't you take us? You were on the front the, a lot, so. Yeah, I, um, I I severely overrested my fitness today and took it upon myself to be stupidly active, chasing every move, initiating one or two of my own, and I severely paid the price in the first run through the gravel and unfortunately got popped off uh, like 100 yards before the finish. Um, thankfully, Kurt here uh, pulled me out of the grave and I think dragged me good 20 plus miles of the next lap to, to kind of keep me uh, alive and, and not just pull off into the parking lot. So I, overall the race looked like there was a lot of action early on. Um, nothing really got away. I think we all came into the gravel in one big group. Uh, there were a few moves that got a few seconds up the road at times, but it was pretty clear that nobody's that excited to let anything go. Actually, I, I take that back. Yeah, there you uh, go. Jay Newton. Yeah. He launched an a attack. I think um, right at about the right hand turn. Uh, maybe somewhere around there. It, w- it was uh, it was actually af- after the second right hand turn on the backside of the course, um, probably at about around mile twenty. He uh, there were, there had been a few attacks and then he took off and the group gave him uh, a little bit of a leash and he took full advantage and he yeah he was obviously riding really really well because I want to say he got. 30 40 maybe more than that at one point he was a good way out of he was out of sight for I, quite a bit i think yeah. what i remember is we got a time check of about a minute 40 oh wow uh, was, okay. was about the biggest thing so we're then cruising through the gravel and yeah look you want to you want to um settle the debate on the bombed out section or the the gravel um i think yesterday we we had some quote insider information unquote from folks that had ridden it the day before and and they reported back that it was great it was smooth it was it was going to be speedy and i think there were a couple of sections that were you know really fast and smooth and there were sections where it was extremely deep and then there were sections where there was some pretty significant washboarded areas where if you weren't holding on to your bars really well you were going to be coming off your bike what yeah and what about that bombed out section before do you think that was more determinative than the gravel let's settle this now so i'm tired i can't pay attention so to to reset i i'm i was in favor of the gravel having been the harder more um decisive section of the race um and chris had sided with it being the the two mile bombed out section well today i almost crashed out in that bombed out section yes (laughs) and uh, uh got really really lucky bounced off a guy's wheel and was able to stay up so I almost agree with Chris a little bit more because it actually changed my race in that I I lost uh, a decent position. Um, but uh, from what I heard, and, and I think the gravel is still the more decisive portion for the majority of the of course, field. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was definitely hard out there. The, the problem with the bombed out section is it's it's supposed to be asphalt, right? It's supposed to, and then there's just 
holes everywhere. So the pro- I mean, when you're when you're riding in the gravel, the worst you really have to contend with is all of a sudden there's some thick gravel and then the terrain itself. So you know you're just riding on someone's wheel. You're you're going. You're not expecting a giant pothole at some point. And I think that's the problem with the with the the bombed out section. But with that said, it doesn't split the field nearly as bad as the gravel. So it doesn't. But yeah, like Kurt said, if if you're not careful, it can make or break your day. I I was finding myself dodging a lot of either bottles or yeah. potholes or guys realizing there was a pothole in front of them in the last second and they kind of changed their line. Uh, I ended up fading a little further back uh, into the field, which put me on, on the back foot going into the gravel. So I think some guys learned from Snelling and just ran through bottles. I saw a little bit more of that today of just kind of like, hey, I'm not going to cause a mass wreck like the P12 field did at uh, Snelling. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I, I still swerved around them. Oh, you're the asshole that did that. So we <laughs> that go into the gravel crashed. and about halfway through, all of a sudden I see Jay Newton on the side of the road waving his wheel. And so he flatted out of the break that was coming there. Uh, we just keep torquing through the gravel. Um, from my perspective, I'm with our, our, our leader this weekend, um, Travis. He's pushing this huge gear and I'm thinking, you know, it's up to climb and he's standing up out of the saddle and we're right up at the front and I'm thinking, is this a, is this a new technique? Maybe you put it in a big gear and you just kind of stand up and it helped. And I, so I tried it real quick and it didn't. So I, I shifted back. Uh, lo and behold, his, uh, something happened. His, his shifter kind of tweaked and his DI2 came done and front and back were, he was stuck in the 5214. We'll get kind of what happened with him. So we cleared out the gravel. There's maybe, I think, uh, Todd Markell's, I want to say maybe Claudio, Michael Claudio and another guy were kind of up the road. So, um, Josh DePeace for touchstone kind of drilled it on the front of that climb up the, the feed zone and we all just came together and then there was more regrouping. So you guys were, were chasing on, I know, but I'll just give a breakdown of kind of what I saw from the rest of the way. So we turned the go through Piscenta, turned the corner and it's kind of Lowell and, um, the person in the yellow Jersey, uh, Mike Sayers just attacks goes off the front solo and no one reacts. And so he's just dangling like 30, 20, 30 seconds up the road uh, for several miles going up that stretch. I mean, I want to say good two halfway up there, maybe a third of the way, you know, so six, seven miles. And we're just kind of rolling a pace. And as soon as he gets caught, Scott Giles um, of Team Schnur is our winner, um, attacks. So he attacks from that halfway up point on the, on the, on the, what the west i mean heading east before you turn the corner and he got a gap and it just kept growing and growing and i think at one point it was up to three minutes and no teams their peats touched them they weren't um interested in, in trying to bring it back they're kind of like trying to call each other's bluff and nothing happened my, my job there was just uh i told travis i'm like look you have a 14 you just made it through the gravel with the front group you can do it again Let's, let's give it a shot. So we were just trying to keep it all together. We hit the gravel again. And as we're going through the gravel section, I want to say in the first third, all of a sudden I see yellow Jersey go down and I don't know what happened, but, um, Sayers went down. Uh, so yellow Jersey's out. Uh, Scott Giles ends up holding on for the win. And as we just went through the results there, uh, the second place guy, Todd Markell's at a minute three back, our guy, Travis making it through the gravel. Ending up seventh place at uh, 144. So kudos to him for 52, uh, 14. 52, 52, 14. Yeah. yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. All right. So what do we got tomorrow, Kurt? Chris? Chris, you is your your thing for tomorrow? Yeah. The first one at least. 
it, it might be my thing if I wasn't completely exhausted. But yeah, we, we, we start off with the time trial bright and early and in the frigid cold again, unfortunately. I think it's going to be high 30s to the, for the start of the, the morning time trials. So a nice little flat 10 mile out and back or kind of horseshoe shaped time and trial. And you're basically wearing uh, just like actual body paint on the <laughs> tape, tape your extremities and uh, go. That's right? what we're doing after this. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're getting, you've seen Team those, project. you've seen those like uh, swimsuit editions where they just actually are painted on. That's, that's what Chris is doing tomorrow. Uh, then we have the, the, the crit in the afternoon uh, a little bit later. So it'll be interesting. You know, it'll be interesting to see there's some teams. I just want to Sayers, you know, so he loses a bunch of time today. He's not in the lead. And obviously he's a guy that does well in this crit. He's won it. So it'll be interesting to see how, how his aggression is during the race uh, in the crit itself playing off of the team. So uh, if they have a GC guy, uh, I'm, any predictions on the, the Masters 35 since that's kind of our wheelhouse on the time trial? For the for the time trial overall, well, time trial, and then that might set the overall. I mean, Scott Giles is is likely going to win this. He he obviously unless he just you know is too stroked out from the day. I mean, he's, <laughs> I, you, I, you I would have to yeah, something terrible would have to happen. And, and when I, I say stroke, I, I yeah. mean that in in the sense that you know you have like he's, a mini heart attack. He's a, yeah, he's a, he's a pretty solid time trialer, so I don't anticipate him losing enough time in the TT. He seemed like he did pretty well today. Yeah, I did talk to him afterwards as well, and he was he was pretty funny about saying how he, he went through all nine lives at one point on the gravel, and he's like, you know, I needed all three minutes, and I barely had it. I think he it got a 10-second time bonus, so he was under a minute, but I think that's, that's how he got over there. Um, I think for the TT, I would look to either Dan uh, Bryant, or yeah. possibly Claudio. He's been putting in a ton yeah, of work, as eighth. he told us yesterday. Yeah, he's in eighth place, 148 back. And Jeremy Cottell, uh, 10th place at 148. He's obviously very good, very good at that discipline as well. And you said um, Andrew Sargent of Evolution Racing. He's in fourth. or uh, When I say fourth, the, the place, I don't know what the GC is here, but uh, he was fourth on the day. So he, he's obviously right up front too. Yeah, from what I recall, looking at his results last year, the year before, he put up a pretty good TT in the 45-plus field. All so right. he's, he's got some potential. Uh, anything else from either one of you on your thoughts and I'm views of the day? I'm just exhausted. I think Kurt starts his TT one minute after me. I'm just really hoping he doesn't catch me. He's mercsing it. He he took the, the mercs... Um, method so i'm really hoping heart. he doesn't catch me and you're and you're decked out in your body paint it's, and, gonna, it's gonna be green he's going out tonight <laughs> <laughs> yeah watch out uh, by the way if you uh, maybe a little late here uh but uh a little, little crazy downtown right now so yeah chico celebrates uh saint patrick's day quite heartedly I mean, all right it's, so it's hap- yeah exactly happy saint patrick's day to everyone uh congratulations for everyone who got, uh, finished and stayed upright hope there was not too many um spills and uh problems today Last words? Uh, good luck to everybody tomorrow. Um, I look forward to the crit. I don't really care about the time trial, but the crit should be a lot of fun downtown tomorrow. Question of the day. Let's, let's do this real quick. Is Kurt going to be time cut on the, <laughs> on the, on the time trial? I, I think the results won't be in quickly enough to time cut You're, me. Are you kidding? These results have been so fast this weekend. I'm also hoping that they just don't check my number. When they I had my results <laughs> before I finished today. I can pay a $20 fine if I just wear a vest at the start <laughs> of the crit. And I, I think I'll be okay. Swap some numbers. Uh, yeah. Okay. So last week, anything for you, uh, Chris? 
Uh, I don't have much. I just hope everybody uh, has a nice, safe crit tomorrow. It's it's a great course, and hopefully everybody enjoys it. All right, so look for us out there, and uh, maybe we'll talk to some, some cool people. So take care. Thanks. See you.